All right, well, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we got Michael. Is it low or Lao? Low, right? It's pronounced Lao, actually. Uh, we go. just pronounce it wrong for some reason because everybody knows the store Lowe's, but we decided to go against the grain. Okay, I love it. So Michael Lao, uh, he is known as the uh, um, Ozanot from Simply O3. Um, really cool story with uh, his family and how he got into uh, ozone therapy. And he does lots of things that uh, we're about here, like uh, breathing, Cold, uh, cold exposure, being uh, conscious of your health and taking your health into your own hands. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Micah. I'm super pumped to have a conversation with you. Yeah, thanks, man. And breathing is wonderful. I'm, I'm a huge fan of breathing. Right. We do it. With first thing <laughs> we do when we're born, last thing we do when we die, and nobody really <laughs> thinks about it twice. So yeah, both intentionally and not intentionally. It's, <laughs> it's good in all forms. So Right. Yeah. 100%. Amazing. So uh, I don't know. I'd love to get started by hearing i know uh i've kind of done a little bit of the creeping research and i know you were going to school to be a nurse and an ambulance working and your brother was um was uh, sick with uh, cancer and your dad kind of got into this ozone stuff and which led down a, a cool path for you i'd love to hear from you just a background of your story and however much you want to share or, or how you got to where you are yeah well you did get down the rabbit hole that's cool man um so, I mean, it's a super long story, but I'm going to do the abridged version. So essentially, my brother had rare brain cancer, went through the Johns Hopkins medical system, which, you know, we're all on board at the time because it's like cutting edge of science. Right. And, and it is. It's like it's it's a solid program overall, but I think has its drawbacks getting into some of that conventional stuff where they're, um, you know, cut, burn and poison is kind of the methodology without a whole lot of thought of quality of life and that kind of thing. So uh, they they started doing a lot of experimental stuff like because he lived past what they expected. Um, so they're like, hey, we don't really have anything else, but we can run experiments essentially. And so they they do like open brain surgeries as experiments. They do like there was this one drug that was extremely toxic that only worked for 13 percent of people. And you had to have a particular genotype for it to have the effect that they were looking for. They don't bother testing for the genotype. So that leads um, myself, my dad, and just kind of our family in general down a rabbit hole of like, what are ways that we can support Matt and, you know, help to try to help raise his quality of life. So that kind of led us down a path of looking outside of what might be conventional at the time, like hyperbaric oxygen, super helpful for them. That's when you get in a chamber and they pressurize it with pure oxygen. And then it's, it's flushing your whole system with oxygen, extremely helpful. And down that rabbit hole found ozone therapy, which is kind of the the thing that I'm primarily involved with is a treatment called ozone therapy, which is like a gas treatment that can be used and has some similar properties to hyperbaric, although very different. Um, and I essentially started by there's a ton of research out there at the time, over 1800 medical studies. But if you wanted to get a consensus or just an understanding of how does ozone therapy work with cancer or what is like, where does it fit in? You had to read 100, 150 studies and do a lot of digging just to even find them. So it was really difficult to get just like a quick knowledge of like, hey, here's the state of the art. Here's where it sits and here's the literature on it. So I took it upon myself to do that work. And that got me, um, I wouldn't say credibility, but a lot of awareness around myself and ozone therapy, because a lot of practitioners was like, were like, this is great. I can give this to patients, you know, and it's something that I can use to educate them from there the equipment at the at the same time was really expensive so started to develop equipment for the the therapy and 
brought the cost down and a bunch of other stuff, uh, which changed the whole market for it, which isn't huge, but changed the whole market for it. And then, yeah, just kind of been a slingshot and a roller coaster ride since then of doing all sorts of stuff. That's amazing. So uh, actually, one question I have for you is, so I'm a former police officer, former firefighter. Um, one thing that one of the questions that I had, well, the notes that I wanted to ask you was, how can this apply to firefighters who are exposed to toxins and, you know, environmental ha hazardous materials? Like how can ozone treatment apply and be beneficial to someone uh, like who's in the firefighting industry? Yeah, I, I think, um, well, there's, there's a couple of different ways to think about it. Um, first of all, ideally you're, you're not getting exposed to toxins and those kinds of things, obviously, but just with the, job itself. Um, that's not really much of an option because you're exposed to it, but as a preconditioning agent for insults to the body. So in the instance of like, they did a study on rats where they'll do like preconditioning with ozone therapy, and then they'll induce heart attack to the rat. And you'll see that the heart like almost holds like true form to what it originally was. Like it's much more resilient to the stress and that's seen in a number there's um, ones on people as well a lot of studies even double blind on chemotherapy so if they precondition with ozone therapy prior to doing chemotherapy quality of life is the difference between the two groups the control and the ozone therapy is about a 70 percent difference wow. in quality of life metrics so huge um huge ramifications and and the reason for that is because it's giving our cells protection by raising its antioxidant defenses a lot of this, these toxicities and that kind of thing cause oxidative stress, which is when you get too many free radicals in the body and they start to break the cells down. So if you are preconditioned with antioxidant capacity, you're not going to have nearly as much of a negative effect. There'll still be some and it's not going to get rid of it, but it definitely helps. And, and there's a lot of stuff that does that. Just being a healthy person, eating well, getting good food, um, getting good rest, having good connection, like all those things have an implication on that. But ozone therapy is pretty well studied as a preconditioning agent. On the flip side, say you do are undergoing like you have a toxicity um, that is kind of wreaking re havoc on your body. Um, it can help by improving my and this is all stuff that is pretty well researched, improving microcirculation. So blood flow to all areas of your body. It sounds kind of benign, but it's actually pretty important being able to get blood flow properly to the brain, to the organs all these different things that can kind of harbor and hold uh, toxicity. Um, that's nutrient and gas exchange that happens in that microcirculation process. So if we're improving that, what happens is you get better nutrient delivery to the cells. And then it's also accepting the byproduct that was built up and the garbage that's built up and allowing your body to dispense of it. Um, there's, there's more to it, but those would be the primary things I'd say. Right. And so, and within the fire service, I mean, we're known for the last, you know, two decades for saying, you know, prevention is way better than, right. We would rather put, we're putting way more money into fire prevention rather than dealing with the aftermath. So it's the same thing with health and with ozone, right. Put the money in beforehand, do the work beforehand so that you come out on the other side without having those effects and having to deal with the toxicities on, on the back end, Right. That's what it sounds like you're kind of saying is the, the primary benefit to ozone is, is preventative treatment. Yeah, I mean, preventative with the caveat that it's not going to solve the problem, but it's going to help. Right. Um, so it's not. Yeah, mitigate. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. So I know I don't know, actually, I'm kind of going down this rabbit hole of ozone for the first time. What how how are the treatments delivered? What are the options for treatments? 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different ways. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow just went on a pod. It was funny. She just went on a pack podcast and was like, I've been doing rectal ozone therapy and it's been really helpful. And then she got uh, a lot of like mainstream news things being like, oh, that's bizarre. That's weird. And I was like, so apparently it takes about eight years to normalize something like I that. Saw, I saw uh, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so that's one delivery mechanism is like an enema essentially. And that's like for people that are unwell, it's a really accessible way to do it at home. Uh, but you know, that kind of messes with most people mentally. So, uh, I would say the coolest way and the most effective is probably doing an IV, uh, intravenous. So that's when they take some blood out of the vein and they mix the ozone gas into the blood and then they put it back in and it causes a little stress to that blood, which is exactly what we want. We want that mild stress because that causes the body to do this like little bit of freak out and be like, oh, we need to fix up a bunch of stuff. And what it does is it improves oxygen efficiency. So you're actually able to metabolize oxygen way more effectively. So for athletes, they get a, there was a study done and 60 athletes that were semi-pro soccer players and they had a control as well but the group that did ozone therapy uh during their training uh program which i think was 12 weeks long or eight weeks long they had a 28 percent increase in uh anaerobic uh, not anaerobic vo2 max and then there was another study done where they had a i believe 18 percent increase in anaerobic threshold so you're able to utilize your oxygen more effectively so what does that mean that means you can run longer you can you have more stamina essentially you're not going to fatigue out as quickly because you're recruiting your reserves of oxygen and utilizing it all more effectively and oxygen is like the number one thing that we need to be able to create energy so it's used in like every metabolic system and then um yeah, so I, I it, it does a ton of stuff. I kind of lost my train of thought there. Uh, what the uh, sorry, that was, was but. yeah. So it was like what are the methodologies of? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Of, of so ones ones rectally, ones you could do uh, intravenous. I saw you did. Uh, I wanted to ask you, but I saw on one of your Instagram things put doing uh, for your water, right? An O two or um, an ozone water infuser. I don't know what you what you referred it as, but. Yeah, so it sounds gimmicky and kind of fake because there's so many different application routes, but it, essentially how it works is that it responds differently based on the tissue that it's exposed to and it can uh, have different properties to it uh, based on that. So it's almost selective in a way, almost intelligent, but it's really not the ozone, it's your body's response to it that's intelligent and it knows what to do once it has that stimulus. It's like a lot of stuff like exercise or sauna or ice baths or whatever. Um, and it, it it can be delivered in a lot of different ways. So there's the IV, the enema. You can do it into the ears for ear infections. <laughs> um, you can do it onto the skin for like gangrene, MRSA, that kind of stuff, infections on the skin. Um, you can do uh, ozone water. You can drink it for Helicobacter pylori um, or giardiasis, like infections that are actually sitting in the stomach. Um, and there, there's a number of different ways that you can do it. You can do like regenerative injections into joints helps with like herniated discs or partial tears um, just to help stimulate some healing response in that area. Um, so there's all sorts of different ways that you can use it. But the most effective is definitely like from a full body systemic perspective, because if you put it into the ears, that's not going to benefit the whole body. That's going to be good for your ear infection, but not a whole lot of other stuff um, would be the IVs the intravenous. And that's what most people use. There's a lot of treatments done on that therapy every single year. So, so if someone wanted to do that, the best way would be to go online and find someone locally that does ozone therapy or, or what's your recommendation for someone who wants to actually try? 
Yeah, so it's in like every major city. Once the more remote you get, the more difficult it's going to be to find somebody who does it. Um, but if you just Google map uh, ozone therapy near me, it'll pull up a list of people that say ozone therapy on their website. But keep in mind, there's a lot of different ways to use it. So you can use it even in aesthetics. So I don't know if you're familiar with PRP, but platelet-rich plasma yeah. that you pull out and you can use that for like not fillers, but they attempt to rejuvenate the skin with that. You can use it in combination with that. So there's a lot of different ways it's applied. So if you find a list of practitioners that do it, you do need to go to their website and make sure that it's the format that you're looking for. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's talk for a minute about, uh, cause one thing that I love is uh, cold exposure. So I know you do quite a bit of cold exposure and I know you've had some success in uh, treating or you might say curing your asthma. I'd love to, for you to talk about uh, tell, and tell me just a little bit about how that came about and uh, what your experience was like. Yeah, well, I don't use the word cure. And the reason is, is because I'm personally N of one. So that means I am my own experiment, essentially, and seeing how it goes. But um, the reason I don't say cure is because I don't know if it's going to come back at some point. So maybe it will. Um, but yeah, it, I guess it, it'll be a while till I feel comfortable saying, yeah, it's totally gone, never coming back. But I would say that all my symptoms of asthma are gone and have been gone for about six years since I started. Um, and I'm not sure on the time frame. It's somewhere between five and seven years, to be totally honest. But what happened was, um, I, you know, get chest tightness during like I would wheeze during running, uh, just general chest tightness, um, used to do a lot of like fitness stuff and fitness coaching. So that was a little bit of a problem for any long distance kind of stuff. And uh, I, I would go over to my wife's uh, family in the Olympic Peninsula up in Washington during the summers, really beautiful area. And they have these inlets from the ocean. And the water there, it would be like a nice day, like 85 degrees Fahrenheit out. You sound Canadian, so yeah. I don't know what that equates <laughs> to. Um, but I, yeah, so I don't yeah, know what the Celsius is. but Probably, um, probably seven, 17, 18 nice, degrees, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, really nice day out, right? Yeah. And so I'd jump in the water and the water would be cold, but not like, you know, freezing, like pretty normal, like for, for an area like that, like not, not overly cold, but my lungs would constrict so much that when I jumped in the water and you know, we're around on floaties and that kind of thing. And people are talking and just having a good time. And I'm like trying to, you know, talk and like doing that thing. And it would really mess with me. Just, it was just embarrassing, honestly. So I was like, well, fuck that. I'm going to try, um, you know, jumping into cold showers and see if I can practice this thing so that maybe my lungs will get stronger. Um, and so I started just doing cold showers and cold tap water baths and doing like uh, intentional breathing for a couple minutes prior. And then I found like chest tightness and all the symptoms would be just lessened or like wouldn't come back for a period of time after I did that. So like not only was it like, yes, I was getting stronger at the cold exposure. It wouldn't cause a problem, but the problems outside of it were also going away. And so I just kind of continued down that rabbit hole. And then at a certain point, I don't know when, but uh, just I realized like all my symptoms are gone. Like they're zero. I don't wheeze when I run. I don't have any of those issues. Don't get chest tightness. And so it, I didn't even know about like the benefits of cold exposure. I'd seen like polar, you know, people do polar plunges. I thought that was just like a charity event. You know, people do it to be kind of crazy or just have fun, whatever. I didn't know there was an actual like science behind it backing up that there are benefits to cold exposure and so i just went down that rabbit hole got really intrigued with it and 
I love it. I do it on a regular basis. I was out of town for about six, seven weeks until the other day. Um, so I did my first ice bath yesterday and yeah, so it's been a while, but typically I'm doing it like five to seven times a week or somewhere in there just depends on the week. That's amazing. And what do you find? So obviously I ask most guests who have experience with cold, um, this question, I think it might be different for you. Um, do you find the benefits of doing repeated cold exposures to be more physical or more mental? Like if you had to pick, I can only have one or the other benefit, the mental or the physical side, which, which do you feel is, is more, uh, is, is better for you? Yeah. Um, I've never really noticed like a mental benefit from it, but I think, um, it depends on where you're at mentally and what your mindset is and what you're trying to extract from it. Like, I think the intention of it makes a difference in that. And I never had that intention of having like mental strengthening. I do notice a, a definite boost in like heightened senses and focus afterwards for a couple hours. So there is a mental side and just a good mood. Uh, it releases a lot of happy chemicals in your brain. So it helps from that. But, um, and I do need that to a degree because um, like when I get into the, I, I have this reward cycle with the ice baths. I don't go into it like dreading doing an ice bath. I actually look forward to doing it. I plan out when I can do it, you know, and it's like it, something I really enjoy. But the reason for that is because of that reward cycle is I know how I feel after I do one. And so that that's been really important for me to continue doing them, but I'm definitely more of a fan of the physical side of it. Uh, personally. That's amazing. Um, yeah, most people I talk to, it's more the, they don't want to do it. And it's more the, the mental barrier of like, I don't want to do this. So they've done something in their day that they had resistance to. So they feel like they've accomplished something and they've overcome something hard. And so a lot of people it's, it's the opposite. And I thought that would be the case for you that you, it's more the physical side. Cause that's seems like how you're built. So that's cool. Um, <clears throat> last, uh, last topic I kind of want to dive into is I just saw a video on you, uh, talking about mouth taping and taping your mouth at night. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear about, uh, your, your experience with that and, uh, what got you going down that road. It seems like you go down a lot of rabbit holes and uh, <laughs> and then just start experimenting, which I love. So, yeah, well, tell me about uh, your experience with mouth taping. Yeah, probably experimenting too much to a degree. I love the experience of things and uh, especially when other people are involved because I can learn and just kind of experience it for myself and, and see what's up with something. But with mouth taping in particular, like I didn't know like you're supposed to breathe through your nose until I was like 20, like it just like super basic thing. Nobody ever said it. And so like a uh, chronic mouth breather and that, that actually changes your face, that changes your palate, that changes like a lot of different things in your breathing mechanisms. And it, it's not a good thing, honestly. So um, I've always had issues with, um, and I have a, like a really severe tongue tie as well. That I still haven't resolved. I probably should, but um, anyway, uh, just at night, like I can't not breathe through my mouth, um, just with the way that my facial structure has developed over time. And so it's kind of makes sense, like just throw some tape over your mouth and then you're going to breathe through your nose. You're going to get better sleep. Like whenever I do it, the reason I do it is not because like people say it's a thing that you should do. It's because I do notice my, I am way more energized in the morning when I do that. And so I, I think it's been a huge advantage for me personally is just 
doing that nasal breathing. I, I feel so much better in my sleep when I'm able to do that. It is kind of a problem if I'm congested. Um, I do, my voice is a little bit lost right now and I have a little bit of congestion because I've been on the road for a few weeks, but um, typically, yeah, it's, it's a really, really helpful thing for me. And it will redevelop your facial structure over time. I don't know if you've ever looked up like before and after pictures of like going from mouth breather to nasal breathing. Um, have you seen that stuff? Yeah. You actually had bone density to your, your, um, like sinus cavity, right? Yeah. So it's like exactly how your body was designed is to breathe through your nose, not your mouth. Like if you breathe through your mouth, it messes a lot of stuff up. So it changes your facial structure to be more symmetrical and more attractive, which is what sells most people. Right. But it also helps, you know, just with your overall energy, like you're getting more, um, I don't really know much about it. I'm going to put the caveat on that. But I do notice that when I am practicing nasal breathing, whether it's through working out or sleeping, that I feel tremendously better. Right. I notice it. I mean, I still, it's been, I've taped my mouth shut for years, probably the same as most people. Some, some nights I don't, and I notice it and I'll wake up super dry mouth. I don't feel good. Right. Like I notice, or when if the tape comes off in the middle of the night, I'm like, I notice a difference when I've woken up and my mouth is open and it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel normal anymore, which is, which is a cool place to be. Right. Yeah. And it's really funny, like posting that stuff on Instagram, because people are like, Oh, you're going to kill somebody. They're going to stop breathing. And the... I'm like, are you kidding? Like if a little piece of tape can kill you, uh, I don't want to sound insensitive, but maybe it should like, <laughs> like you're going to, if you stop breathing, you're going to wake up and just rip it off. I mean, like if somebody starts strangling you in the night, you're not just going to die in your sleep. You're going to wake up and try to fight it back. Like your body's just programmed for that. So there's no risk to it. Um, and a lot of upside, I think. Yeah. And the, and the only caveat I would say is cause I've thought the same thing and people have said the same thing. And I went down it cause we have, we had younger kids at the time. They're a little bit older when we st when I started, but just with smaller kids, the the danger would be just a vomiting and asphyxiation and them not, or if, if their hands are whatever, right? So young kids. Yeah, I didn't consider do, young kids. I, you, I was talking in the context about, of adults. Uh, adults, consenting adults who know uh, should be able to take a piece of tape off their mouth and uh, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I don't know. Is there anything uh, you want to add to the conversation? Is there? I I love for you to tell people about kind of your uh, Simply03, what you guys are about, if people want to get more involved in you, what you're doing or your website or, or, uh, or purchase any equipment from you. Um, yeah, just kind of a time for you to, to share what you're, what you're about and what you're doing. Yeah, well, I want to just say that I popped on the podcast not to sell stuff. I'm not like a salesperson or anything like that. Um, that being said, if ozone therapy is something you're interested in, there's two places you can go to learn about it. First is drsozone.com, doctorsozone.com. And that just has a lot of good information on what this thing is and how you can use it and what it's used for. And it's all cited. So if you read an article as citations, you can go into the journals, the studies and that kind of thing. Um, and then the second thing is like simplyo3.com is the equipment side of stuff. So if you got into it and you felt like it'd be beneficial for you or you run a clinic or whatever it is, um, those would be the two websites that you go to. Amazing. And if people want to find you online or on Instagram or, or where are you for Twitter or do you do any of that stuff? I don't do Twitter. I never got into it, Me neither. Um, which uh, apparently, I don't know, people love it and hate it at the same time. So I'm kind of glad I never got into it. But um, yeah, my Instagram is Micah4Health. Um, I've been kind of lazily working on it for the last year. Uh, and I, I 
try to put out good content as well as I can. But at the very least, I think it'll introduce people to some new things. So like whether that's ice baths or methylene blue or mouth taping or whatever, I get a lot of exposure to different ideas and things. And I try to introduce them on there um, and stay within my bounds of what I understand. Um, so I don't go off and just like with the mouth breathing or nose breathing, I don't know what the physiological benefits are. I know more nitric oxide. That's a parroting thing that I've been told. Um, but generally speaking, I'm putting out stuff that I like understand and try to expose people to new things. And then in the future, I am planning on developing a little bit more show and tell style, like the ice bath videos, where it's a little bit more like I'm actually demonstrating what's going on rather than just speaking it. Um, but yeah, that's Micah for health, all spelled out, not the number four on Instagram. And that's that's pretty much the best way. And people can message me on there or uh, communicate with me there. That's awesome. And that's where I found you. And that's where I've, I've gleaned a ton of value and just <clears throat> found a bunch of different rabbit holes and research that I want to go down and, and go on. Uh, I was on your website this week and uh, go to doctors. What is it? Doc doctors for ozone or doctor? What's the first website? D yeah, it's doctors ozone, but doctors it's ozone. not spelled out. So it's drsozone.com. Okay. I have the domain doctor ozone all spelled out uh, as well. I, I probably should just transfer it over to that because it's a lot easier to <laughs> yeah. say. Either way. Anyways, if yeah, I highly recommend going to check uh, Micah out. Uh, Micah, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you uh, you being here, taking the time and uh, just sharing what you some of your knowledge. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you.